Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Grab your Bibles. Let's get into the Word of God text. The scripture text for today is Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Grab your Bibles if you have them. If not, follow with us. I'm reading out of the ESV, and and today we simply like to say God bless all of you and welcome to Covenant. Uh, I hope you're having, we, we all hope you're having a great summer. We pray that everything is going well with you, and we pray that you get something great from today and apply it to your life. How many of you believe that God can minister to you in any form or fashion? He can talk to you. And I'm going to tell you, talk to you a little bit about the clip and things that, why we chose that. And, and I don't care what you say. I love that movie. I don't care. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds. Someone say it with me. Set your minds. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Now, there's a balance there because, you know, we have to live life, right? We have to work. We have to run our businesses. We have to uh, raise our families. We have to think about education. There's so many things to consider. But here it says, don't set your minds on the things of this earth. So there's a balance there and there's a way to do this. He said, for you have died and your life is hidden in Christ in God, with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, in your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Now here are some of the idols and the things that are there. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness which is idolatry. And so make note of this. I want you to make note of this, highlight it in your Bibles, highlight it in your app, whatever you're looking at right now, and go research that verse. Look up every one of those in verse 5. Because verse 6 says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Which means that when God comes, he's going to judge us on all these things. And the Lord is coming back one day, right? We know he's coming back, but but in these two, once in, in these you two once walked, he said that's how you used to live. That's what he's telling the church. But listen, you used to live that way, and how many of you know that God delivered you from that, and you're thankful for that right now? Now we're not all perfect. I understand that, but there's an ultimate goal God wants to bring you to in His likeness and His and His in His favor and His blessings. And God brings us and elevates us and and promotes us and and morphs us into what we call a child of God. And so, but now you must put away, put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Someone and say, oh me. (laughs) Not amen, but oh me. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put on the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator 
that's what's going on in your life right now. When you worship, when you come to church, when you listen to the word, when you take in the teachings and apply the teachings. By the way, don't come to church empty-handed. Somehow take notes. Somehow put them in your, in your device. Somehow, just like you would if you're going to college and you're sitting down. How many college students do we have? You take notes because you want to remember these things and then you want to apply them, right? It is so good to do that, so we encourage you. You're not going to bother me. Just no surfing during church, and if you got to do a Facebook post, do it, do it quick. Sorry, that's the marketing part of me. Lord, forgive me. Now, today, this is the day God has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Are you ready? Pray one more time. Now your turn. You pray for the service. Lift up your hands with your voices. Stretch them out this way. Stretch them out around you. Speak God's blessing. Let's agree. Let's agree that God is going to do something in, your, in everyone's life today. Father, we receive every, every request. We receive every blessing. We receive your direction. We deceive God. We receive every single thing that you have planned for this service. Anoint me. Anoint me. Like you've, uh, you've anointed the worshipers. Anoint me, God, with the word, and we thank you for it. We're in the perfect will of God today, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Now give the Lord one more hand clap. Tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now turn to somebody, give them a high five, and you can be seated. Smile at them and tell them, no false idols. It's a comical movie. It's a, it's a parody of, of something that actually happened. Did you know that Nacho Libre was a true story based on a priest? It's a true story. They just made it into a comedy. There was a priest in Mexico who, at nighttime, he was a wrestler. He tried to figure out how to take care of the orphanage and get more food for the children and and he wanted to bless them. He didn't know how to because he was a priest. So when his daily responsibilities were taken care of at nighttime, he would, he was, he would go in moonlight as a wrestler. So he'd wrestle at night, and he'd do God's work in the day. And it's a true story. What's funny about it is, is that the innocence of, of Jack Black and, and the, whole, the whole persona the guy's not Latino, but I'll tell you what, he sounds just like a Latino in here, and it just brings back so many memories and thinking of um, things that when we were first coming to Christ, I remember this, when we first came to God, I, I literally had so many ambitions. Um, when I was little, I wanted to be a wrestler. Oh, my gosh. We, my, family, my family owned um, you know, the Riverside Convention Center when we were younger, and I was the youngest one, and we used to have wrestlers come in all the time. Uh, we used to have them come in. So I, I, I knew Kerry Von Erich. I knew uh, we, I've got pictures with Andre the Giant, Tiger Conway Jr., uh, Jose Lothario. I don't even know if you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Tugboat Taylor, all these guys. We, I met them all. Kamala. I used to open the door for them. I used to go run in the dressing rooms and hang out with Scott Casey and all these guys. You know nothing about the junkyard dog, do you? <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, now listen, but my heart was broken when one day I walked in into the dressing rooms that were connected but divided by a door, and I caught all of them in one room having a good time, and I thought, man, 
Are you kidding me? That was the end. No, 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 hold on. But I do enjoy watching wrestling still with some friends and watching the reaction to all the drama and all. And I thought, that must hurt. The things that they do, it may be, it may be scripted at some point, but it's physically, it is the real deal. But besides all of that, so... So we're not talking about us and entertaining, but you know what? We wrestle with our flesh, don't we? And, and we wrestle with it, and we try to create a facade to other people to make them think that we're somebody else that we're not, but yet still we have this nature about us that the battle is real. The struggle is real. Paul said the struggle was so real that... He said, who shall deliver me from this flesh, this body of death? And then he goes and he remarks in the scripture that I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So with my body, he said, I also serve God. And he said, and in my mind, serve Christ. And he found the secret. The secret was is that he was to have a single heart towards God no matter what he did, no matter what he was involved in. One of the biggest challenges I've seen in Christianity is this. How do you keep a proper life balanced with work, with, again, your business, with your family, with your responsibilities, and still have a strong relationship with Jesus Christ? I want to teach you that today. I want to help encourage you with doing that because God wants to redeem you from idols. This is the month of redemption for us, and we're talking about redeeming today God redeeming you from idols that are there you may not even know. And we're not talking about little muñecos, a little bitty, you know, little bitty statues in your home or things like that. We're not talking about the old, I came out of denomination. I'm joking about it and I'm kind of smiling because I came out of a denomination that worshiped idols. And every time we, had, we left the house, we had to kiss her feet. Right? No? Whatever. <laughs> I know what it is. And then I thought that was an idol. When I got saved, I thought, well, I'm not going to worship idols. It, you can't get rid of an idol in your life unless you know that you have a strong place to put your worship. And then I learned that idols are more than just figurines. Idols, idols exist in lifestyles and habits. And it is anything that comes between us and God. Unfortunately, every idol starts off as a pleasurable habit. Uh, this the way it is. And it can remain something pleasurable in your life. But the more you do it, and give it attention more than God, then it separates you from God, then it is an idol. It's an idol in your heart, and we've developed that desire. We develop these things. These are some things that you know already, but according to the Scripture, when you look at the Scripture, it's emphatically, it tells us all the time to put God first. The first commandment 
that God gave to Israel was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. In other words, do not go out and find other false gods or put other gods in my place. But the second commandment looks into this in Exodus chapter 20 in verse 4. It says, you shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath and that you have under the water and, and that is in the water and under the earth. Now, believe it or not, what he was setting these commandments for, now, none of you would go and set an idol in your home now and worship that, right? It's not like you go get a little picture of a mermaid and put it on your desk, and so this is my, this is my strength today. Oh, little mermaid. What was her name? Ariel. Dear Ariel. Por favor, ayúdame. Help me. Whatever. You guys would never do that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't. But see, what you need to know is the history. The reason why God gave these commandments to Israel was because they were fixing to go into the promised land. And in the promised land, take, take note on this. The reason why God gave strict commandments at this time, you wonder how they applied to us. Look how it applied to them. God knew he was taking them into the promised land. When he was taking them into the promised land, there were people in that land that were pagan worshipers that worshiped idols and false gods. They made images of the god Dagon. Dagon is the fish god. The fish god that, 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 that was half fish, half man, and and. And, and then, and in some religions, there, 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 well, one religion, there's a leader who used to wear a big cap on his head. And it had, the, like, the, in the top of the cap, it, it had this, like, an image, like a fish, and it had a long fish tail. Most of y'all don't even know what that was. That was a resemblance, something that carried on from centuries after the god Dagon. You don't even, boy. One of these days, we're going to teach a series on different types of religions and what you really believe. You need to know the history of the church. You need to know the history of the church, how it evolved from paganism to Roman Catholicism to grace to a Protestant stance evolving into a mythology through Methodist, when through a revelation of water baptism through Baptist and through so forth and spirit baptism unto a day and age we're living in now in the kingdom. Be careful with revelation God gives you in just one area because if you stay there, you'll make a denomination out of it. God meant for you to evolve and keep growing. Keep growing. So there are things that people get stuck in as far as tradition. You get stuck in tradition. You do things. There are some idols that we carry over religiously. And I hate to tell you, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but as you can light that candle as much as you want to. It's not going to save you. It's going to be the light of God inside of you. The Bible says, who am I talking to? I don't know who I'm talking to because this is not in my notes, but i got to tell this. Uh, the Scripture says that the spirit of man is the candlestick of the Lord. And God is the only one who can light your fire. And, and so we have idols and things from religion, and then we have mythology, we have 
things that we do out of routine and habit. And then we have our lives, and that is the biggest challenge in Christianity. Our lives, our, our, our life. I know this because I'm a businessman, or at least I think I am. I'm a father. I've got four kids. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I, I, I mean, how many of you wear more than one hat? Come on, how many of you have multiple hats you wear? How many of you feel like you wish you had three more of you? Right? And then you find yourself creating idols in your life, not even on purpose, sometimes out of habit because it's your responsibility. But it takes an idol. It takes worship. It takes the worship of someone to remove an idol in your life, to replace that area. Once you have chosen not to worship something or someone, and by the way, are you ready? Turn to your neighbor, tell them, put on your seatbelts really quick. This is going to be a big bump, but it won't be long. Sometimes you can make a person an idol through a relationship. And if God, thank you, Lord, if God ever removes a person from your life that's kept you from God, you need to thank God for that. The saying, the only thing that can fill that void is a relationship with God. Here's how we can get complete victory over the things that stand between us and God. And I'm going to give you one point today. Are you ready? Here's the point. An idle heart produces idols. An idle heart, an idle heart produces idols. That's kind of, forget the, the, we need to double check my, my wording and grammar in that. It's meant to say an idle heart produces idols. An idle heart produces idols. What does that mean? Have you ever heard this saying that goes, the empty mind is the devil's playground? We've all heard that when we were growing up, right? I mean, I heard it all the time. I also heard an empty hands lead to an idled heart. Empty hands. This is why the Bible teaches us, the scripture says, whoever puts his hands to the plow, keep them on the plow. Whoever takes them off and looks back is not fit and worthy for the kingdom. In other words, God wants your full attention. And you can do, listen to this. You can do God's work and your work at the same time and still be effective for the kingdom. As long as everything is geared for his kingdom and you honor God in all that you do. Business owners, you want to know how to keep a proper balance? I'm going to give you the key right now. In God's world, there is no balance of God. You can't properly say, I need a little bit of God here, a little bit of God there, and a little bit of God there to stay balanced. No. The key is, it's from point A you get full of God and get unbalanced in God. Be head over heels for Jesus. He comes first. There is no balance of God in your life. It needs to be, there's no such thing in the life of Christianity. You have to be completely sold out to him, right? It's not about finding balance with God. 
You can't say, I just can't find the balance. That's the problem. You're trying to balance God. God is not the balance. God is the balancer. He's the one that you put things on and bring things to to give you proper judgment, to know when the timing is, how to schedule things out. Listen, I know all about this. Throughout the years, my biggest challenge has been because I love to do so many things. I have so many giftings in my life. Personally, I know that there's more. Every gift you have, let me just say this, every gift you have is a river of influence and a river to make a change in your life. Some of you are multi-talented, and every one of those talents were meant for you to have a revenue of income and blessing and servanthood in your life. And some of you have multi-talent. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you put God in the center before anything you do, you'll always have him guiding you and directing you. Put him first, right? Put him first. But an idle hand, idle heart, an idle mind. This is where idols are, 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 are put and idols are established. If from the beginning, when God gave the commandments to Israel through Moses, the first thing he told them, the first thing God gave him before they went into the promised land, he gave them two things. It was laws to help their heart know the guidelines, and it was a place of worship, the tabernacle. He gave them boundaries for a relationship. He gave them boundaries to know what to do and what not to do, and then he gave them a place to worship. Those two combinations. So in our modern day example, that would be God's word and prayer and worship. To enter into our promised land. And when you enter into your promised land, I promise you, there are going to be people that worship other idols. That idol may be, are you ready? Because here's what the heart looks like when it has idols. What are idols and what can they be? Here's what they can be. Did I spell success right? Thank you. I always have a hard time with that in vacuum. I'm not the only one, so don't laugh at me. <laughs> Success. I remember one time I was, I was uh, trying to find a job when I first moved to Victoria, and I went and I was going to sell insurance. And, and there's nothing wrong with selling insurance, but the guy I went to to interview with was totally off. He bragged to me about how successful he was. I'll never forget it. He sat there with his suit, with all of his pins. He knew I was fixing to go and get interviewed, so he wore all of his accomplishments on here. And he sat down there in that big desk. And it wasn't a fancy office, but in his world, he was a great big success. And he sat there and he told me, he said, he said, Robert, he said, you really want to be successful? And I said, yes, sir. You really want to make a lot of money for your family so they don't have to worry about things or, or for yourself. He didn't say family. He said for yourself. Cause I, and I'll tell you what. He said in a moment ago, he said, you really want to make a lot of money? And at that time, I was all about the money. And I thought, yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what you need to do. 
He said, you need to do what I did. You have to make up your mind. Either you're going to be a good dad or you're going to be a good businessman. And I thought for a moment it sounded so good. And I thought, Holy Ghost, see, I spent time with God in prayer. I was a brand new Christian, but I was still growing in the word, and I didn't know a lot, but I knew I, knew, I had conviction. And because I heard that, my receptors just shut down. He said, I have lost my wife. I lost my kids. He said, I lost everything, but I am successful today, and that's what you have to be willing to do. And then that's exactly what he told me. And I said, dude, I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> if, that was, if that's success, I don't want it. Oh, man, I want to be successful because I know that, not, not because I want people to say, oh, he's so successful. That's, that's, that's dumb. I wanted to be successful because I wanted to provide good for my family and, and take care of them. And I knew success meant meant providing well for them but how can you be successful if you lose your family what's it the scripture says it like this see i didn't know the scripture exactly at that point but in the bible this but i felt the spirit of god put this feeling in me that that really related to the scripture that said what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to and then lose his own soul or especially his family an idol will eventually and this is what i'm trying to tell you please make note of this an idol for success will eventually come between you and God, then you and your family. Here's a second. Here's a second one. Greed. Greed is an idol because we sometimes will place greed there to give us all that we need and never think about anybody else. True success is giving away your life. True success is doing what Jesus did. Our whole example in life should be based around the life of Christ. It is about, well, I'm going to give you the scripture. I gave it to you last time. I'm going to give it to you again. Greater love hath no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. Give everything that you've got. We get so worried about people learning our secrets. Have you ever met somebody asking for a recipe and they tell you, oh, can't do that? <laughs> I, I've, asked, I've asked people that question before. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? I'd love to have the recipe. Oh, sorry, can't do that. No problem. I'll just go Google it. <laughs> you know. Copycat recipes are making big money now because they've tried to figure out how those restaurants do what they do. But God gave me a secret a long time ago. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And there's no limitation to the wisdom that God supplies you with. But if you want more wisdom, you have to give out wisdom. You, can't, you cannot make, make greed an idol in your life because the only way you can grow in love is to give out love, not to people who love you, but to people who don't love you, don't like you. And you can't be greedy and go, I'm not going to give them out. 
that because it belongs to me, and I'm saving it for somebody else who deserves it. Hold on a second. Everybody deserves the goodness of God in their life because he died for them. You're not the judge. You cannot go out. We cannot pick and choose who deserves our goodness. The goodness of God leads to repentance. So if you don't bless people who don't deserve it, how are they ever going to see the goodness of God in their life and recognize that there is a God who loves them? Greed can become an idol. Greed can become an idol, and it'll stop everything. And notice the condition of the heart becomes black, giving it out. Greed can stop your giving in church. I ain't giving to the church. I saw him drive up in that brand new car, right? I saw him wearing them white shoes. Who does he think he is? 40-something years old, but I made a teenager, whatever. <laughs> I don't know Spanish, man, but I can act like a Mexican on the drop of a dime. <laughs> I'm going to be myself. I love being myself. I love messing up, too. Listen, why God's testing you in all these areas in your life? You've got to let it go. Your talents. Here's another one. Are you ready? Talent can become an idol. Talents can become an idol. Oh, I'm not going to tell them I know how to do that because then they're going to ask me to help them. (laughs) I got all of you right there. I don't care. Act like I wasn't talking to you. Look around. The quietest person is the one who I'm talking to right now. I'm messing with you. Talent. I've heard there have been so many people that have come to church at times. Keep looking forward. Don't give yourself away. There have been so many people that have come to church. They're afraid to put their talents in there because they're afraid the pastor is going to ask them to do something. And they don't want to do that because they just... They're afraid to get hurt or taken advantage of. But hey, I've said this probably about 20 times in this church, but we didn't you pray a prayer, oh Lord, use me? How many of you prayed that prayer before? Lord, use me. Nobody wants to raise their hand. I can't believe it. Lord, use me. If you've never prayed that prayer, Uh, then you've never given out something in your life. You've become idle, and you have a blackness in your heart still is not fulfilled. You're not completely happy. It may not be black. It may be gray, but you're not completely fulfilled. And you think you're fulfilled because maybe you have success, but still, talent, everything in your life, here's the key, I'm going to move on, but everything in your life has to be connected to the kingdom in order for this to happen. Now, here's here's exactly what God wants to do. God wants to grow you. When you connect your heart because you put God first, in the beginning of your day, before anything ever begins, you have first allowed God to come in. And this, you've allowed God to pour out of you. 
because of the movement, because of the movement of the Spirit through your life, this area begins to grow, and that's your heart. That's the area. It's not idle. It's moving. Do you understand? Are you with me? It's not an idol. It is moving. So how do you do that? Number one, in the very beginning of your day or at nighttime before you go to bed, whatever your prayer time is, you solely surrender your life every day to God by surrendering your thought process. Just like Moses told them, give him your, your heart. Put the word of God, the laws of God in your heart, and then allow him to, to, to be resident inside your temple, which is the tabernacle of God, the worship the worship in your life. And when you set God to put him first, every decision that you begin to make in your life will be God backed up and he will be your CEO. He will be your heavenly father for you to be a good father. He will be the great shepherd for you to be a better shepherd because you are pastoring your family. You are. It's a pastoral gift. You're guiding them. You're directing them. You're waiting for the Lord to give you the right direct the, the next step in your life. He's telling you to give things away and so and how to do it. But see, it has to be inspired by the river to flow through your life, to be poured out into others. And that's when your heart begins to grow. These are the things that make a difference. Have you ever heard of the saying again? Have you ever heard the saying that you can't fool a fool. Yeah. You can't fool a fool. I think all of us know ourselves. But what God sees us and what we're doing, he knows exactly what we need. And we know God is telling us, but fear grabs a hold of us. Fear becomes an idol. And can I give you an example? There are so many people out there in your field of expertise that you can look up to, but don't make them an idol. Now, I've heard it said, and I'm not going to strain on that, but I heard it said before, boy, they're my idol. Well, you know, I understand the concept. You can say those things loosely and, and you know, not really mean that you know, everyone knows you're not going to stand there and just worship them and have them on your, you know, light a candle for them, you know, whatever, I don't know. But... I understand that, but to really make some person an idol, to really make someone an idol means that you have gone to them first before God. Wait a minute. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. There have been many times in my life where the Lord's given me a scripture for a business deal or a business transaction or a, a, a negotiation where I know that it's biblically sound, and, and, it doesn't, and the interpretation of what comes out of my mouth seems to be different, but the origin of my decision has been biblical. In other words, there is wisdom in the Scripture for every decision that you have to make. Because it all boils down to this. What is the root of your motive? And only God can give you a proper motive. And only God can remove the greed Remove the, 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 the passion for success with, with getting God out of the way. You can't, success and God, true success, I should say, and God can't be separated. 
Because true success in God is being in the will of God. Write that down. True success is being in the will of God. It's being kingdom-minded. That's an old phrase that started in the, in the 2000. But you know, being kingdom-minded is still reality in this world. You have to be conscious of making thoughts and decisions based on what the king says. The king's opinion matters. And when you go before the throne every single day, I promise you he'll give you insight, a heart. You may not have all the answers, but what answers you do have, he can magnify them and anoint it. What knowledge you do have, and there's something else that comes in. I, 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 have, to, I have to give you this. There is something else that happens when you begin to walk in this area. You start bearing fruit because you're healthy, because you are healthy, because you have the flow, and you're going out. And then what starts to grow starts to mature, and then you start seeing fruit in your life. You start bearing first the fruits of the Spirit. Then you start bearing the gifts of the Spirit. And did you know that the gifts of the Spirit will operate for you in your family, in your job, in your business, I promise you, the gifts of the Spirit were never just meant to be operating in the church. That's religion. That's like saying, oh, I can't be loving, I can't be forgiving. Only when I walk through the church doors can I only... Right? I'm not going to be nice to them. I'll be nice because I'm in church. <laughs> right? See, what am I going to do with you? I don't like them, but you know what? We're in church. <laughs> Some of you are keeping an idol in your life, and you're not letting God come through your whole house. And you're closing up that one closet. You got everything locked up in there. Nobody can go in that closet. No, 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 no. If he is not the Lord of all, he's not the Lord at all, folks. You got to let him come through every area of your life and make it right to have a pure flow because if not, you're not going to have a healthy, happy heart. You need to bear fruit in your life, gifts. And here's the one that really just gets me excited, favor. Oh, I love favor. Favor goes out of bounds. Favor is what comes in and, and promotes you with things and just expedites the process and makes things happen that you wouldn't and couldn't do on your own. Favor comes in. But when you are filled with God's word and we develop a desire for God, every idol has to go. Jesus, like he did with the temple, watch this, just like Jesus, you remember when he walked into the temple and he saw them selling goods and just doing like carnies do at a carnival? With worship items, he kicked, what did he do? Tell me what he did. He kicked the tables over, right? He kicked the, I want to kick, but I'm afraid I might rip my pants. But it's, <laughs> Right? I don't care. I'm just telling you, we're family. <laughs> you know, I do it in slow motion. Get out of here. <laughs> That's as far as it went. If you saw that, that's my high kick. Don't make fun of me. 
don't judge. That was it, as far as it goes. Anyhow, he walked in. He kicked the tables over. He got rid of the idols in the church. It wasn't a monument. It wasn't a statue. It was a mindset. He, they brought and made God's house a house of thieves and liars. That was an idol in his home, and he kicked it out. Listen, I, I promise you, don't worry about trying to get rid of an idol more than you do inviting Jesus to come in and let him get rid of it for you in your heart. That's the challenge. Don't worry. Pray more. Believe God for more. Read your Bible more. It sounds simple, but how many people are doing it every day? See, people get mad at me when, I ask, when they ask me for advice sometimes, and I give them something simple. They expect something like this deep revelation. But I've kept it simple throughout the years, and the simple things we've learned to get down pat and do them every single day. If there's any kind of success in my life, it's not because of great ideas. If there's going to be any kind of success in your life, it's not going to be more about just one idea. It's going to be the fact that what separated you from everybody else is that you did something consistently every single day while other people didn't do anything. I am not, I, I do not make an idol of my talents. I am not the most talented person, but I promise you this one thing, while if there is anybody who thinks they're in competition with me, which I'm not in competition with nobody, if there's any devil that thinks that they can come and try to slip into my habits, my habits are in Christ Jesus. And I am not in competition with everybody, but I promise you this one thing, when they are sleeping, when they are playing, when they are resting, I am doing something productive and worshiping and praying and seeking God. It's just the difference. You want to know what makes people do great things? It's because they do simple things every single day. And I'm not the best example. I have a lot of idols in my life that I'm working on. Do you? I mean, let's be honest. This is what's going to get these things out of our lives. How many of you have idols you know that we really need to let the Lord get rid of? Raise your hand. I have some, and I'm working on them. But I promise you one thing, when he shows me what they are, how to get rid of them, I don't struggle over that because all I know is the more I seek him, the more he comes in, the more I give it away, the more he takes care of it. And it's the river. It's the river that takes them out. See, I'm not going to stand up here and say this, that I'm, I'm all perfect, because when you think you have nothing, and to me, that's an idol of pride, because then you do have something. I didn't do nothing wrong. That's your problem. You never do nothing wrong. I didn't say nothing. Of course, that's the problem. You're not saying anything. You see what I'm saying to you? Let's be real with God. Because ultimately what God wants us to come to is a healthy condition in our heart. Philippians 4, 6 through 9, and I'm done. Philippians 4, 6 through 9 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer by and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
Let your request be known, be known, made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what? Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, finally, brethren, finally, he said, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you are learned, which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. All here. You want to get rid of an idol in your life, something that comes between you and God, put God first. And you'll be conscious to know that everything you do is for the glory of God and tie it to the kingdom. Business people, tie your finances that come into your business to the kingdom. Give a portion. To, I'm not money hungry for your, 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 your finances from your business, but I'm telling you, you want that purpose and that business to be tied to the kingdom, start giving offerings out of it consistently. Tie it to the kingdom. That way when you go to work and you build the business, in your heart you know this is God's business. You can say it's God's business all you want to and never give him an offering from it or a tithe from it, whatever you do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you, even your talents, your talents. You want God to bless your talent? You want God to anoint your talents? I mean, there are, there are people that are anointed in things you have no idea because they have a heart for him and they give God the glory and all that they do and they tie in their talent to the kingdom and somehow make, the, make a contribution to their talents. And then they can say, my talents belong to the Lord. Then that's when your confession becomes true. And then it will get rid of idols. And then everything you do will be for his glory. And then every decision that you make will be a biblical conscious decision. That means every motive that you have will be a pure motive. Because ultimately, I want to show you what even money does. Now we don't have, how many of you still keep a checkbook and keep an account of all your checks? How many of you just go online and check your account now? More people do that because that's just what we're evolving into. But can I tell you, have you ever heard the saying, if you want to know where your heart is, check your checkbook? Where your money goes is what you worship. It's true. Look how many times you've given God an offering in your account, or look how many times that you've given to the cause of God's purpose. Let me give you this saying, and remember this, because this sermon's really not about money, but I'm to tell you, it plays a big part in our role. Most people don't like to hear about money. Again, Money was never meant to be an idol. It was meant to show you what or who you worship. Somebody say amen. I don't care what you do in any, anywhere you go, we all have to deal with the money. You learn how to master your money, your money will never master you. And it'll be a big idol out of your life as well. Then God can really bless you because he wants to know the reason why, I'm going to tell you what God has done. I'm going, to prop, I'm going to give someone a word of knowledge right now. Then I'm going to prophesy to you because I feel this in my heart. Some of you have wondered, why 
have I gone through my entire life like God would bless me and then it would be taken away. I'd be financially blessed. Then it's taken away. Then I'm back to where I was before. And there's a cycle of going up and down. And every single time you've been more upset about it because you blame God and you distance yourself from God in the process. But all of this has been a testing to you, for you to see where your heart really is. What you were really meant to do in your life should never even be work to you. It should be a pleasure and be a ministry. But I prophesy to you, don't make it about the money. Make it about the kingdom. To see lives change and people succeed. What you make happen for others, God will make happen to you. But I promise you, according to God's word, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things will be added to you. Everything will fall into place. Networks will begin to open up for you. Connections will begin to get made. There's a lot of things God is teaching me throughout the years and has taught me, but the one thing I know is that God has to be number one in my life. As a father, I have to make sure that I get my kids to church. I don't care how old they are. No, I'm not going. You're not. Oh, that's so sweet. It's okay. Isn't that right? You don't know nothing about that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Oh, I'm going. Happy church. I love church. Love church. Church is good. Church is good. Sometimes you got to give to it hurts to really make it heal. Sometimes you have to worship and pray until you can't pray no more so you can get into the routine of it. Condition yourself. It's a lot. I, I know some of you love to exercise. Some of you love to work out and do all those things. But when's the last time you exercised and worked out your spiritual man? How much cardio does your spiritual man, how much does he have? How much does he have? Because the Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is, your, your strength is weak. The spirit man is the strongest man that will get you through every adversity and get you through every trial and move mountains and cast out demons out of your family, out of your business, out of your employees, out of your life, in your world. The spirit man can only do that. So walk in the spirit and take dominion what some of you should do you should before you go to work and you get to work get there early pray around the area pray around your co-workers death speak over the building speak over the property why because greater is he that's inside of you than them and everything that's in the world and you'll see things change but it's hard to do it when you've got idols don't let the idol stay in your life. Let the God of glory who can kick over tables and remove mountains and give you the river of life take care of everything and he'll show you what you need to get rid of. He'll show you. God is so good, isn't he? How many of you believe this this Sunday morning? How many of you believe this? 
mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.